0: It's November 9th, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lam, And of course, uh, this week we'll get right into our conversation and talk about the latest happenings with HITOP and Cohort 2. I'd like to first off welcome Nicole Lim back to the show. She's the Executive Director of Movers and Shaka's. And she's brought with her a couple of guests. We've got Lee Zeng from Bank of Hawaii, and we've got Mike Stewart from the U.S. Army. And I want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Thanks, Bert. Thanks for having me and all of us.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that long ago that I had you on talking about, the, I guess, the kickoff or maybe the recruiting of Cohort 2. And uh, how long does the cohort actually last? It's like a couple of months See August, September. No, it's August.
1: actually a it's a six week program. Okay. Um. And so yeah. Um. I'm we're always excited to be growing the program. And as as you might recall, we started as a remote worker program during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, as a innovative, you know, program to um, help the economy here. Um, and since it has evolved, what we realized we had built was a Hawaii community orientation program, um, and as you know, remote work evolved and, and tourism came back. We really thought about who can we offer this program to um, that could help them integrate into the community and uh, really connect them with opportunities um, to contribute. And so um, we retargeted, redirected the program towards um, re- recently relocated or, or uh, returning Kamaaina uh, professionals. So it's exciting. We we did our pilot in the spring of this year. Excited to have Cohort 2 this fall, and we'll have two more cohorts for sure next year as well.
0: Well, I, I love the program, and I, I like the fact that you've, you've really found a really cool kind of niche. Now, one of the things that I am curious about is this is really kind of private sector-driven, right? I mean, this is not something that government necessarily funded or anything or uh you know i i think your uh movers and Shakas might be a non-profit but i mean it primarily was driven by private sector interest in helping to expose some of our you know kamaaina come home to to some of the cultural experiences cultural uh, uh assets of hawaii uh can you say a little bit about you know how you've gotten the the private sector to support you on this
1: yeah i mean the the really inspiring thing about Hawaii is that a lot of our business leaders are really community leaders. So during the pandemic with the 14-day quarantine and essentially the shutdown of tourism, um, Jason Higa and a bunch of other business leaders came together to um, think about how we could bring a different type of visitor. Um, And though it's been very driven by the private sector, um, it's been also a great example of a private-public partnership um, DBED helps fund the initial programs. Um, we also have a state GIA grant, um, and several legislators um, have been very supportive, um, you know, including Senator Wakai and Representatives Nishimoto um, and, and Representative Luke um, and a bunch of other legislators. So um, though it's very much driven by the private sector, I think um, it's a good example of that public-private partnership and what can happen, you know, with the speed and innovation of the private sector, and kind of the heft of the of the public sector.
0: Well, that's that's great to know. And I think uh, probably a lot of your time is spent looking at, at fundraising. Do you foresee going after another uh, GIA in in
1: 2023? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, ideally, uh, this program is is self sustainable. Um, what's great is that you know, employers sponsor their recently relocated employees through the program. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've gotten the chance to work with some of the top um, employers in the in the state, you know, including Bank of Hawaii, um, First Hawaiian Bank, Queen, Hawaii Pacific Health, um, Kaiser, HMSA, um, schools like Kamehameha Schools, Punahou School, Servco, um, HEI, Booz Allen Hamilton. So some of the top um, organizations as well as uh, the U.S. military. So we have um, civilians um, as well as active um, military from the Army, and that's also been an important part of the program. Um, As I mentioned last time, the program's really aimed at bringing leaders from different industries uh, to meet each other and connect and learn about Hawaii and really understand what goes on in all the, the sectors. Um, and so that's a huge part of the program—that kind of cross-industry collaboration and and networking.
0: Yeah, that's great. And you actually kind of help uh, introduce a couple of the uh, the folks that are on 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 this show. So you know we've got we've got Lee Zhang from Bank of Hawaii, and we've got Mike Stewart from the uh, U.S. Army. So I want to kind of get to them and and talk a little bit about their backstory. So. Maybe Lee, uh, tell us a little about, a little bit about uh, how you ended up uh, being in Hawaii at Bank of Hawaii, and then, you know, we'll get into the, like some of the experiences you might have had uh, with High Top. But uh, what's your, what's your kind of backstory getting to Hawaii?
2: Yeah, thanks, Bert. Um, so I had grown up um, on the East Coast in New York, um, gone to school there, and started my career there um, on Wall Street um with the focus on renewables and really had discovered Hawaii sort of by accident um mm-hmm. on a trip a couple of years ago and just you know really fell in love with the islands and had the idea in the back of my mind that you know someday it would be wonderful to be here and i think um the covid pandemic really brought on a lot of changes quickly and you know upended the way that we sort of work and live our lives and gave me a chance to kind of evaluate my priorities and um, you know, just focus on um, getting out of my comfort zone and um, finding a more balanced lifestyle and being, you know, part of um, a community. Um, and I decided that that was the perfect time to kind of make a move and <laughs> make dreams wow, that come true. That's yeah. a, you know, that's
0: a big decision to make. So when did you when did you actually uh, decide to buy that ticket and move over here? Uh, was it kind of recent or how long have you been yeah. in Hawaii?
2: I have been in Hawaii for a year now. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was around uh, 2021 that I decided to make the move.
0: And and uh, in your case, did you kind of reach out to Bank of Hawaii? Did the you know did the job offering kind of uh, just uh, uh, appear? How did was it uh, was it a tough thing to secure? I mean, how did that happen?
2: Yeah, no, so I had just, you know, reached out directly and um, established a connection and, and met with the team and really felt that it's wonderful to be part of um, a bank that is focused on, you know, finding solutions for clients and being part of the community. And with uh, my background in renewables energy, it was helpful to, you know, apply my background um, to to uh, the work here.
0: Oh, that's great. And uh and, and Mike, I, I'd like to give you a chance to talk a little bit about you know your background and how did you end up uh, coming to Hawaii. I know you have a little bit of, of of history here in Hawaii, so what's your backstory? So
3: Bert, thanks for having me on this show. Um, so actually, I'm a returning resident here. Uh, in the late 80s, uh, I initially moved to Hawaii um, after meeting a local girl from Hawaii. She was from Hawaii um, in Germany. We were both... Um, Uh, Both of our parents were in the military, but um, I followed her here back to Hawaii um, after I graduated from high school in Mm -hmm. Germany, and uh, then we uh, made Hawaii our home at that point in time. So we lived here six to eight years. Um, uh, I obtained my degree here, my college degree here, and then I joined the military, so at that time we uh, we had to leave the island.
0: And then so time wise time, timing wise, was this kind of in the, in the '90s or so, or when did you leave the islands?
3: Uh, so we left the island in the '90s, and um, uh, I recently retired from the military um, after 25 years, and, and we knew that someday we would come back to Hawaii. so within the past six months, we, we, I came back to Hawaii. Um, and and we knew that uh, Hawaii would be our home, and and Hawaii is our kind of is our home
0: now. So, well, that's that's uh that's wonderful. So I will I will ask you now about you know your uh, kind of connection with High Top. I mean, how did you end up deciding? Hey, you know, I think this program sounds kind of cool. I'm gonna sign up and and apply for it, uh, and I, I want to kind of get into that story. But we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Nicole Lim, Director of uh, Movers and Shakas, along with Lee Zeng from Bank of Hawaii and Mike Stewart from the U.S. Army. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Nicole Lim, director of Movers and Shakas, along with Lee Zhang from Bank of Hawaii and Mike Stewart from the U.S. Army, and we're talking about High Top and Cohort Two and the experience uh, that uh, followed over the last uh, six weeks. And of course, you know, right before the break, uh, we're kind of getting the backstory of of both Lee and Mike and how they ended up uh, coming to Hawaii and I'd like to find out, you know, how did you how did you hear about High Was uh, Lee in your case, was it Bank of Hawaii? Did they have a flyer somewhere, you know, on the on the board somewhere and you said, Hey, this sounds interesting. How did you end up, you know, like uh, putting in your application for, for High
2: yeah so this is a program that I had um first heard about from others who you know also recently joined the bank and um had such great things in terms of you know being able to connect with others um who had recently moved here who are you know also professionals and leaders in their field and just um other than sort of being the day to day job but, um right that we do um Finding a way to also build a connection and find that sense of belonging, and ways to also um, give back to the community. So when I had heard from others, I was really excited.
0: Oh, that sounds good. Program. And and Mike, I mean, what's your what's your uh, reason for like taking that taking that plunge and going on a website and putting in your application?
3: So although my own company or the military has a, a company orientation program, mm-hmm. uh, this extension provided. Uh, the, the culture piece to living in Hawaii. Um, the military this is like another avenue as part of the talent management program they had, so mm-hmm. we had to apply for it and be accepted you know, to attend the, the HITOP program. So, very so fortunate to be part of the program too.
0: So, you said the, the military has a, has a kind of a program, right, for kind of cultural awareness. So you yeah, wanted to so go the beyond.
3: Has uh, their own uh, orientation program, right? Um, and, and this high top provided the culture piece of it. Oh, good, good. And getting out into the community.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's very important. And, and Nicole, so give us a sense as to what what it is that you put the participants through during the actual six week program.
1: Yeah, thanks for that question, Bert. I should have mentioned early on that the six week program is really focused around learning, contributing, and connecting through cultural education, community service, and networking. Um, and through that, we hope to help newcomers or, you know, returning kama'aina, like myself, who have been gone for decades, um, really integrate into the community and um, develop relationships and, and that sense of belonging and shared stewardship for Hawai'i. So, actually, there's there's not an application process um, for individuals. We work directly with companies, um, and they kind of um, help select participants uh, who have recently arrived. Typically, they're executives, um, definitely you know, valued leaders that they, that they really want um, to find a sense of home here in Hawaii. Um, this program was really born out of um, a big need or recognized need for retention. Mm-hmm. Hawaii is very unique and unlike many places uh, in the state to live in. It's not like going from New York to San Francisco. Um, and employers really care about the, the well-being um, and welfare of the entire lives of their employees. Um, so they want to make sure that um, their, their newly arrived uh, em- uh, talent is able to be onboarded to Hawaii, so like Hawaii Talent Onboarding Program. Um, and so we do different things um, to learn about local and native Hawaiian culture, like going to Ilani Palace. Um, we have a lo'i day this, this time with Kako mm-hmm. Um we, ta- we learn about business communication styles. So we work with um, Leadership Works and Glenn Feruya um, and Debbie Bacon doing Leadership Island Style. Um, We do a session uh, that I run on Talk Story called Talk Story, which uh, we we talk about practical things like um, potluck etiquette and aloha attire uh, and how to navigate change um, in an organization that, you know, people might be resistant to outsiders. Um, And then we also really try to focus on ways that people can contribute to the community, both as individuals and as leaders of their organizations and industries so we um, partner with IHS to go uh, to their women's and family shelter in Kahoiki Village to learn about, you know, the unhoused uh, homelessness challenge, um, and then we also um, work with the pantry to learn about food insecurity um, and the ways that uh, we can we can help um, combat that.
0: Now you uh, you mentioned uh, something about the uh, potluck etiquette. Maybe you gotta get. Maybe you gotta lesson me on what what is potluck etiquette. <laughs> like what my, you don't my, uh, you don't bring bamboo sushi your potluck. sushi <laughs> What was that again?
1: You bring impressive sushi platters.
0: Oh, there you go. And what? Where do you where do you tell people to go and get their sushi platter?
1: Oh, you know wherever, but there's <laughs> there's always a soft space for kozu here in Hawaii.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: I'm not sponsored by them, but I'm yeah. okay if they want to send me some free platters.
0: <laughs> well, no, that's good. You know, potluck culture is pretty, you know, pretty important. I mean, I uh well, I'll, I'll I'll recollect, you know, uh sometimes, you know, when you go to um a a party, you might bring some taco and of course, if you have somebody that's maybe not familiar with what a what what taco is, they might bring like uh, a taco bell kind of taco. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but there's
1: it, it's it's always a hilarious um cultural experience for
0: sure. Yeah, no, that's good. Um and and so as you know in in terms of um having the the participants kind of get into the the some of these cultural experiences. Uh maybe maybe uh Lee how, how was how was that experience for you? I mean, did coming from New York, I mean, it's pretty different kind of pace I would imagine and and uh coming into Hawaii was it like, oh, this is interesting, but I'm still not quite uh clear on, on what this means to you know, my, my new found home. I mean what what was your reaction?
2: Yeah, so I I definitely found that the high top program was um very helpful and illuminating and specifically we actually had a session on um leadership island style uh, with Glenn Furuya and um you know, just from that session, I it just kind of um, gave me the sense that, right, this is a very inclusive culture. Um, we we want to take time to build consensus, to bring everybody on board and get participation in ways that are comfortable for the team and just kind of being attuned to um, the culture would just really help, right, doing the day-to-day, establishing relationships and kind of being part of the team. So there is a different approach, and I think through the program, being made more aware um, of this is very helpful. And there's one quote that, that stuck with me that Glenn shared, which was slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Now, now, in terms of uh, Lee, your, your experience in the program with HITOP. And especially having you know Glenn share some of his insights on on leadership in Hawaii, what is your sense of how you embrace that, and then how does that go back into the corporate culture and is there a uh, kind of a influence that you might now have with the corporate culture inside Bank of Hawaii because every company has its own culture, and as you go through. You know the let's say the high top program you might be exposed to Glenn's sort of interpretation of that culture, but then when you go back into uh, a, a corporate culture like Bank of Hawaii, do you see that it's a it's a natural fit or there's a little bit of um, you know adjustment?
2: Yeah, I think so far it's it's been a good fit in the sunspot um, within banking within finance. There's are always. Um, the pressure, the pressing need to deliver solutions for our clients and on their deadline. So that sense of working with talented thinkers and coming together to find solutions, that's always there. Um, and I find that um, it's a very intimate and smaller team. So it takes you know a very short amount of time to kind of get to know everybody and um, spend the time to get to know everybody to build that relationship, to be part of the team. So I, I found that, um after the course it just helped me feel more attuned um to the kind of style here. But at the end of the day, right, um the drive and, and kind of the talented bankers that I worked with thought I found um to to be kind of the same drive um, to serve clients.
0: Oh that's good. That's good. And of course I wanna I wanna get the uh, Mike's feedback on that because again, you know, there's there's corporate culture and then there's uh you know sort of military DOD culture. And and how is it that you bring back into your environment sort of the learnings that you might have gotten out of the you know the high top program? But to hold that thought, that was just a teaser. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Nicole Lim, executive director of Movers and Shakas, along with Lee Zheng from Bank of Hawaii and Mike Stewart from the US Army. This is Bite Marks Cafe. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Nicole Lim, Executive Director at Movers and Shakas, along with Lee Zeng from Bank of Hawaii, and Mike Stewart from the U.S. Army. And Right before the break, you know, we were talking about some, some of the program elements of the High Top program and some of the learnings and, and exposure that the participants uh, may may take on. And how does that uh, kind of translate back into the environment and the culture, you know, back at the workplace? And, Mike, I think this is a an interesting time for for you and, and participation from a, a person that's kind of working in the military with the U.S. Army. I mean, there's always been so, sort of a uh, bit of a love-hate relationship with the military. And, of course, you know, the military is always in the news nowadays with Red Hill and, you know, just the relationship that we we have uh, and of course it's it is a is a codependent relationship because there's a lot of benefit that i think the the military brings but how do you bring back some of the learnings that you've uh, gleaned from high top back into you know the environment that you typically work on a day-to-day basis so
3: i work with a lot of the families in the military and and like and, and i plan to share with them like some of the volunteer opportunities that we had um, like one of the programs that we did um, or, or one of the sessions that we had was visit the homeless shelter in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to I plan to bring that back to the families uh, in the military where, where we can contribute back to the community. And we also have um, like adopt a highway program and and other programs like that that we do. Mm-hmm.
0: And so your your dealing is primarily with the with the families. Do you see Interest on their part to get get kind of involved with some of the activities on a volunteer basis, on a voluntary basis. Uh,
3: yes, I do. Um, we we try to set up family program opportunities, volunteer programs uh, throughout Hawaii, and um, I see quite a bit of uh, people wanting to participate in uh, th- those volunteer programs. Yes,
0: and and Mike, you know, in terms of going through the high top program, are there any takeaways that you want to uh, Basically, continue exploring, continue cultivating uh, that you might have, might have experienced through high top.
3: So one thing uh, Nicole talked about was the food insecurities problem. You know, mm-hmm. not, not only does that affect all local residents in Hawaii, but it affects uh, military soldiers and families as well. Um, and, and that's a big topic of interest for me as far as this homelessness and. Um, you know, lack of food and supply chain problems that we have here in Hawaii.
0: How do you how do you see perhaps uh, getting involved with that aspect of uh, food sustainability?
3: Uh, so, for food sustainability, um, I think we can like, contribute where we can volunteer at the homeless shelters. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We could do, do donations uh, to the local community, like the pantry and things like that. Um, during the holidays, is probably one mo- of most importantly for the local residents and and soldiers and families as far as um, you know, celebrating uh the holidays with their families. So we could contribute, you know, in that way where we could provide like food baskets. Um yeah. And other things like that. No,
0: no, that sounds that sounds really great. And and Lee, I mean what, what is it that you wanna take from the program and and continue kind of developing and, and learning as a result of going through High Top.
2: Yeah, going through High Top, I think as Mike said, um you know, going to the homeless shelter and kind of um, experiencing that really gives me a sense of, you know, working at the bank, there is a drive for sustainability, whether it is renewable energy um, or affordable housing lending. So um, I definitely see ways of, um, through the program, you know, being more involved with um, the Live um campaigns at the bank where we raise funds for different local charities and just you know, working with the team to, to find ways to expand um, our sustainability um, initiative.
0: You know, that's that's great. And I, I would uh, love to see what you folks uh, accomplish now that, uh, you know, you've kind of moved on from, from cohort two and now into kind of the real world. So I, I would look forward to the, the kind of work that you folks uh, end up uh, helping to foster uh, in our communities. And, and so, Nicole, uh, you got uh, – Cohort two under your belt, you're kind of ramping up for cohort three. What's uh, what do you have in mind for 2023, which is not too far away?
1: No, 2023 is creeping up on us. Uh, We will soon open enrollment for the spring and fall cohorts of 2023, Uh, aiming to. We have our dates pretty tentatively set, um, tentatively to very set. Uh, we'll launch um, in mid-April and then also in late September, early October. Um, so people can, uh, employers, employees can check out uh, more about HITOP and Cohort 3 and 4 on our website, www.moversandshakas.org. And we'll have all the information up there um, on how to enroll. If you're an employer, to enroll your employees, and then if you're an employee, Want to be a participant? um, Talking with your employer about how to make that happen.
0: And so, there's no real application process, right? It's really uh, a relationship that you need to establish with the employer, from a from a movers and shakers standpoint.
1: That's correct, and you know the the cost of the program is five thousand dollars per participant. So. Employers are really investing in the sustainable longevity um, and retention of their employees um, by, by sponsoring them through this program. Um, and we, we believe that it will pay in dividends to that um, because, you know, having a really highly experienced, um, highly recruited professional um, staying here and contributing to their company and to the community is not good just for um, individual companies, but for the state as a whole.
0: Yeah, you know, that totally makes sense because, you know, if it wasn't for your program, I mean, a lot of the uh, the folks that are taking on some of these jobs, they may come in, they might, you know, not really get uh, get the feeling that they're fitting in, and then, you know, a year, year mm-hmm. or two later, boom, they're gone, right? So I think this is a great program. Again, Nicole, where can people find out more information about uh, the program?
1: Check out our website, www.moversandshakas.org. Um, there's great videos and uh, testimonials and information about the cohorts uh, to learn more about Hawaii onboarding program.
0: Sounds great. Nicole Lim is the Executive Director of Movers and Shakas. Li Zheng is the Senior Vice President and a Wholesale Credit Administrator over at Bank of Hawaii. And Michael Stewart is the Chief of Family Programs over at the U.S. Army. And, of course, I want to thank them for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about a recent acquisition of Solstice Power. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org and of course our engineer is David Chong, you can catch eight on HPR1 on H- on every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe, you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Stay tuned, reveal is next.